Good morning. We're going to start with a question, which is the name of the parsha. So the parsha of this week is called the parsha of Mitzorah. What does the word Mitzorah mean? What does Mitzorah mean? So Mitzorah is the person that is suffering with the affliction of Tzaras. There is no English word for Mitzorah, just like there's no English word for Tzaras. People often mistranslate Tzaras as leprosy. So if you want to translate it like that, then the translation of Mitzorah will be the leper that has leprosy. But since it's not really leprosy, as described, it's not a contagious medical disease, it's a spiritual expression of spiritual uh, contamination in your soul from speaking in the negative, bad ways, especially Lashon Hara, as I'm going to describe right now for the next few minutes. So the Tzaras is an expression of that. So the person that has Tzaras is called the Mitzorah. Now, the Parsha Mitzorah is not that long. So before I even get to the Parsha, let's spend today talking about Lashon Hara, why the person gets Tzaras for Lashon Hara, and therefore the opening verse, the solution, the cure. Because what's fascinating is that this week's parsha is called Mitzorah, the person that has Tzaras. And yet, what does the first section, the first third, if you will, of the parsha talk about? The purification of the person that has already been cleansed of his Tzaras. And the whole first half of the parsha is going to be talking about when the person was already declared Tomei and impure, as described in last week's Torah reading, right? And now he went out into, he went out into the outside the camp. As we learned, when he went out to the camp, he had to sit all by himself. He was just sitting quarantine, all alone, isolated. Not quarantine, isolation. He couldn't even sit together with other people that also had saras. And while he was there, he would say, Tame, Tame. I'm impure if someone will come near him. He would say, I'm Tame. His face would be covered with a mask, with a veil. People would know that he had sinned. His clothing was torn. And so now, however long it took, the saras went away. He comes to the Kohen. The Kohen gives him a whole purification process with dipping a bird into water. You know, we'll discuss that all tomorrow, God willing. All the details. So it's fascinating that the name of the parsha is Mitzorah when it talks about the cleansing of the Mitzorah. If anything, it should have been the name of the Mitzorah should be last week when we're describing the conditions that make you declared impure with Tzorah. When we call you, I don't know, a, a cholesterol, when you have high cholesterol, when you got your cholesterol down, right? When you recover, that's not a good example. When you have an illness, we don't say uh, whatever illness. You know, after you're cured, we don't call you them by the name of the illness that you already had. Now that you're already healed from it. So the rabbis tell us, Chazal tell us, where does the word mitzora come from? The word mitzora, not where does it come from, it comes from Tzorah, but the Hebrew word mitzora are the letters from the words motzi, shem ra, motzi. Mem, Tzadik, Reish, and Ayn is from the word Motzi and Ra, Motzi Shem Ra. When a person puts out a bad name, Motzi means to bring out, Shem Ra, bad name on other people. When you talk bad about other people, gossiping, it might even be true. <laughs> it's not that you, they're not talking about lying over here, we're talking about even truth, just negative truth, slander, gossip about another person. That Motzi Shem Ra is what makes the person into a Mitzorah. And therefore, a person to be very careful to guard his tongue from speaking evil because it's the act of speaking evil that makes you into mature. It's not the act of getting white splotches on your skin. Yes, white splotch on your skin is a physical expression and revelation of tzaras. But today, when we don't have the white spots and the gold hairs and the, uh, the tzaras in our clothing that we had in the times of the temple. So today, what is tzaras? What is a mature? A person who is Motzi Shemra, who speaks bad about other people, that's the ailment. 
the mayor, or sorry, Mar, son of Huna, in the davening would say every day when he finished davening, he would say, Elikai, my God, guard my tongue from evil. Guard my tongue from speaking evil. And this became part of our tefillah, our prayers until today. The end of the Amida, what do we say? These words, that's from the Gemara, from Mar, the son of Rahuna, God, guard my tongue from evil, my lips, from saying words of deceit, that uh, my soul should be silent before those who curse me, that my earth, my soul be like earth before everyone. Meaning that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak evil others, I won't respond to those who speak evil about me, etc. Because speaking evil, as the Gemara also mm. tells us, is the most dangerous of all forms of, 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 of sins. Why? Because three people die when you speak evil. When you speak evil, the one that speaks it, the one that is listening to what's being spoken, and the one that's being spoken about, all are affected by this sin. So, but I'll tell you another thing to my head first. I think Rabbi Shimon Yechai said that he's originally Rabbi Shimon Yechai, if I'm not mistaken, it was him. He said that when I thought that really all, all um, we should have two mouths. That we should have one mouth that should be dedicated just to the study of Torah. Just that so we have two eyes and we have two ears. Rabbi Shimon Yechai said that God should have created man with two mouths. This way, one mouth could be for talking, you know, politics, talking sports, or talking, you know, the business, the markets. And then one mouth could be exclusively for studying Torah. It should be a pure mouth, nothing unholy. But then he said, when he saw how much evil a person could say with one mouth, he said, if they have two mouths, it would be much worse. It is part that Hashem only gave us one mouth, not two. Meaning, because it's not, you can't do both. It's either or. I'll get that in a second. But uh, why does big Lashon Hara affect even the person that's being spoken about? Right? One that's speaking it is doing a sin, I understand. The one that's listening and internalizing and hearing, the, the, I understand. But the guy that he's, uh, you know, he's not even part of the con- he's not even in the room. He's not even in the building. They're talking bad about him. Okay, that's one very good explanation. Is that when you speak evil about somebody else, it creates an evil eye, it creates judgment in heaven. You kind of like trigger that up in heaven, they rejudge the person. You know, maybe he doesn't deserve those blessings that he has. Maybe he doesn't deserve, you know, we're talking about his fancy uh, new uh, sports car that he bought, or his fancy, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve that sports car. They say, yes, that's one reason. Very good. This is a medrash that we're going to share that uh, talks about how the tongue can kill those that are being spoken about. So the Medrash gives a story about Shlomo HaMelech, that uh, there was once a Persian king that got very, very ill. And the, uh, the, um, the doctors told the Persian king that your only cure will come if you drink the milk of a lioness. Milk of a lioness. How are you going to get the milk of a lioness? Before they had zoos, like today, you know. How you, the lions were, were a wild animal. How are you going to get the milk of a lioness? So they were told that Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, was very, very wise. Anyone can figure out how to get the milk of a lion. This is going to be him. I don't know how they knew that the milk of a lion would help if no one had the milk of a lion. But that's a can't ask questions on the story. Anyway, so they send messengers to Shlomo Melech that this Persian king wants the milk of a lion. Can't argue with the Persian king. So Shlomo Melech sends one of his uh, t- top uh, generals, Ben Yahu, to go and get milk of a lion. What did Ben Yahu do? He says, all the Medrash. So he says he wants 10 little lambs. Okay. So he went, they found in the forest where there's a den of lions. He went the first day with one of the lambs. He went a distance 
from the from the lion. So they got close to them and not too close. And he threw this lamb to the lion. And of course, they ran to devour the lamb. Next day, Benayo goes and goes a little closer, the second lamb. Now he's not standing, I don't know, 100 feet away. He's uh, 90 feet away. He throws the lamb. And this is what he does for 10 days. Each day, he gets closer and closer, giving them the lamb until they get comfortable with his presence. On the 10th day, he gives, he able walk, he's able to walk right up to the lion, the lioness. He gives her the lamb. And sure enough, she was there. She was in the den where she was nursing her young cublings, her cubs. She, he's able to then take the milk, be able to milk the, uh, the, the lioness and get the milk. And now he's traveling to uh, the Persian king to go give him the, the, the lion's milk. As they're traveling, a debate breaks out in the different parts of the body. Which part of the body is most deserving of praise for having got the milk? So the hands say, what do you mean? Look at me. I was when I milked the, the, the lioness. My hands are the ones that got the milk out of the lion. Lioness. And the feet say, what are you talking about? You're, you're useless. I was when I walked up to the lioness. Your, your hands could do nothing if not for me walking. And the heart says, what are you talking about? I was the one I didn't get afraid. I was a, My heart was beating and I held in my fear. And the brain says, what do you mean? I was the one that figured out uh, what to do and how to trick. And each part of the body starts to argue, say, I was the one that gets the credit for having got the milk of the lioness. And so finally, the tongue speaks up last. And the tongue says, I am the one that was most important. He says, you all worth nothing, because if not for me, where would you be? That's what the tongue says. So they say, who, who are you? You're sitting in some dark cave. This is the language of the You're sitting in a dark cave, the tongue inside the, the mouth. What did you do to get the lion in his milk? So the tongue says, watch, you're going to see that without me, you're all useless. They come to the king, and they walk in before the king. When Yo comes, and the tongue opens his mouth and says, here is the milk of a dog as you requested. <laughs> milk of a dog. You can imagine the Persian king got very, very offended. Milk of a dog. I don't want milk of a dog. They said, that's it. You brought milk of a dog. You insulted the king. You're going to be killed. Immediately the executioners come to take the Benio away to be hung. All the parts of the body start to scream at the mouth, at the tongue. Say, you idiot, what are you doing? You're going to get us killed. So the tongue says, do you see now that if not for me, you're all useless. I have the ability in my little tongue to destroy everything you did in one minute. I can destroy everything. Without me, you have no value. So say, yes, we admit. Please save us, O tongue. So the tongue says, okay. They bring the, they're about to put him on the gallows. So he says, wait, I have a very important message for the king. Bring, bring me back to the king. Okay, so they bring him back to the king. He says, king, I was a slip of my tongue. I made a mistake. In our land, we call a lion in the tongue, a dog, in similar words. This is the milk of a lion. I promise you it's from a lion. Drink it and you'll be cured. The king drinks the milk and he's cured. And he's so happy. He rewards when the yo with a tremendous gift and gold and whatever. Then when they're traveling back, the tongue says, see, not for me, you would all be killed. If not for me, none of you would have gotten your reward. This is the this is the example Shlomo Melech gave. It's in the Medrash of the power of the tongue, and a person can do many many good deeds, and they can their feet can run to do a mitzvah, and their hands can give charity, and their you know their hearts could feel the love for Hashem, and they can study Torah with their brain. You do all different kinds of mitzvot, but the tongue has the power one second to destroy everything that you did. You know, uh, one second your tongue could destroy it, and the reverse, the tongue could be the one that that brings it all back as well. Anyway. So what's the solution? What's the solution to not speak Lashon Hara? I mean, the danger of speaking Lashon Hara, we understand. It's, um, what's, the, what's the solution? So the opening verse of the Torah, of the parasha, says, God spoke to Moshe, oh, the second verse. The first verse of God spoke to Moshe saying, Zos Torah HaMetzorah. This should be the Torah of the law of the Metzorah, 
on the day that he will be purified, and then he will come to the cover, and the cover will go out to see him, etc., etc., etc. So the opening words here are very, very informative. This will be the Torah, meaning the laws, the rule by which the Mitzorah will become purified. But over here, you already have the antidote. A Mitzorah is someone who is a Motsi Shemra. That's a person who speaks bad. He brings out literally, shame means a name, ra, a bad name in other people. So what's the solution to the person? To study Torah. Why does studying Torah, Zostia, Torah, Samitzorah, the way that the person will be purified, Yom the purification of the Mitzorah, it should not be a Mitzorah anymore, is through Torah. Why Torah? I mean, first on a very, very basic, obvious level. When a person is studying Torah, their mind is involved in more lofty, important things. They don't have time to, to stum, uh, chatter and chitter about other people's uh, sports cars. and it, it means less. I don't have time. I should actually explain something. When, when you're involved in a higher dimension of awareness, and when your brain is focused on studying Hasidus and studying Torah and myst- you know, godly ideas, mystical ideas, holy ideas, then someone starts talking to you about, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever politics or whatever, uh, this, uh, this Oscar award, uh, hit that, who cares? It doesn't, it's like, it's so irrelevant in my life. My life is so, on such a higher spiritual awareness. It's like, it's, it's irrelevant to me. Okay, fine, so big deal. And if someone, they trip, whatever. Doesn't make a difference. So when you study Torah, you don't care about the chat about other people because your brain's already on the, you're on a different level. So it's, it's like, imagine someone comes to you and says, these two cockroaches had a race and that cockroach won that cockroach. I'm not saying that people are cockroaches. I'm saying that you care about which cockroach one's faster than the other. They're so not in your, in your level of reality that they're whatever. It's a big deal. So the same thing. Uh, you're involved in Torah. The chatter of other Irish kind, we call it foolishness, is irrelevant to the person. But in addition, what's another explanation? Guard my tongue from speaking evil. When you speak holiness, you don't speak evil. It's just a simple thing. You know, if you're busy studying Torah, you're not going to spend time talking other things because you're talking Torah. But in addition, a Torah is a motzi shemra. He brought out evil names. What's Torah? Torah is described as the names of Hashem. The different verses of Torah are all different manifestations of God's different names. How is God's name? All of God's names are different letters, different combinations of different letters of the, of, of the Hebrew alphabet. What's the Torah? The letters of the alphabet. So by studying Torah, what are you doing? You're motzi, a shame tov, or a shame tahar. You're bringing out into the world holy names, pure names. When you study Torah, your mouth is saying the words of God, the names of God, the letters of God. So your mouth is bringing out to the world not a shame ra, a bad name, an evil name, an impure name, but rather it's bringing out a, a holy name, a God's name. And therefore, the solution to avoid falling into the trap of being a mitzorah, being someone that has to go sit outside the camp, but to sit all alone and say, Tame, Tame, I'm impure because I broke apart society and I tore apart people by my slander, by my gossip of other people, which the tongue, that slander, it seems so innocent, seems so small. But that tongue has the ability to create such tremendous destruction and uh, you know terrible evil in the world. With well, the solution to that, elevate yourself. Study Torah. When you're involved in Torah, your brain and your your, your consciousness is on a higher level. In addition, the word, the breath of your mouth, instead of bringing evil into the world, will be involved in the emotion. Shem Tov will be involved in bringing out purity and holiness to the world's end.